Welcome back to Bible Plus. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and these are the last recorded words we have from the Apostle Paul. In this situation, the context here that he's writing in is a state of degradation. The churches are in a state of degradation, and the Apostle Paul himself, uh, he's in a remote prison. So th things are not looking up. They're looking bleak. The churches are on a downward trend. The Apostle Paul himself is, is locked up. He's not free to move about and preach the gospel. That's why he's writing to Timothy um, instead of talking with him face-to-face -face and traveling with him or leaving him in some church somewhere to minister. He's writing to Timothy from a prison and Things are not looking great. 2 Timothy 1, 15, he says this, This you know that all who are in Asia turned away from me. All who are in Asia turned away from me. What's that mean? That means the churches in Asia that he helped raise up, they've turned away from him. In 2 Timothy 4, 15 and 16, he's talking about Alexander the coppersmith doing evil things to him. And he tells Timothy, you also guard against him, for he greatly opposed our words. At my first defense, no one was with me to support me, but all abandoned me. Does that sound, does that sound good? He's enduring opposition. There's no one with him to defend with him. All have abandoned him. In 2 Timothy 4.10, even Demas, one of his boys, one of his fellow co-workers, one of one of the men traveling with him and ministering with him, abandoned him, having loved the present age. If you're the Apostle Paul in this situation, you've given your life to Christ, to his purpose, to his move on the earth, taking the good news of Jesus as far and wide as possible, forsaking your past, leaning the whole of your future upon him, placing yourself in his hands, and this is how it ends. How would you feel? How would you feel? Knowing you're going to the Lord and you're leaving the churches in this kind of condition, how would you feel? Do you think you would wonder, was it worth it? You think you would ask yourself, was it worth it? If I could do it all over again, what what could I have changed? What, what could I have done that would have, do you think you would ask yourself that? But, but, but you can't. Paul can't. And place yourself in his shoes. You're now, you're at toward the end of your life. You're writing a letter to your spiritual son. You're sure martyrdom is to come soon. And you're writing a letter to your spiritual son. And maybe the last words he hears from you. What do you say? What do you say to him? The churches are in this condition. You're writing to your spiritual son. What are you going to say to him? What would you charge him? What would you charge him in the presence of God to do? What would you command him to do with his life before the face of Christ, to do with every breath God gives to him? What would you charge him? What would you say? The good thing is we don't have to wonder what Paul would say. We know what he did say. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2, I solemnly charge you before God 
and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, proclaim the word. What's the charge? Proclaim the word. Notice here, it's not share the word. It's not talk about the word. It's proclaim the word. Is it good to share the word? Of course. Is it good to talk about the word? Of course. But proclaim here is, it's to be a herald. It's not, it's not just to share. It's to be a herald. It's to officially announce something with a, it, it carries the suggestion of formality, of gravity and authority. It's declaring something that must be listened to and obeyed. What's the charge? Proclaim the word. Proclaim it. What word? Well, just a few verses before, the Apostle Paul talks about all Scripture being God-breathed. The Bible being the sacred writings that make us wise unto salvation and then being breathed out by God and all of it being profitable for us. What word? The word, the scripture, the Bible, the sacred writings, all of it. It's profitable. It makes the man of God complete. And the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, proclaim it. Proclaim it. Why proclaim it? Why proclaim it? Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not tolerate the healthy teaching. He's talking about degradation. He's talking about the age growing darker. And he's saying there's coming a time when people will not tolerate the healthy teaching of God's word. And what else? Verse 4, and they will turn away their ear from the truth and will be turned aside to myths. You know what the Apostle Paul is convinced of? Even while the church is degrading, while the age is growing darker, he's convinced and convicted that the world and the church needs God's word proclaimed. The world needs God's word proclaimed. That very word, that very word, it generates faith in those who hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, just, just like the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10. That word, when it's proclaimed and we're under the hearing of it, it generates faith in our heart. It, it makes us wise unto salvation. And I think if we're honest, we'll admit we're in, we're in that kind of age right now where, you know, it's just that kind of, you know, it's just not really tolerated, you know? I just, I, I kind of don't want to hear that. I got, you know, I'm, I, there's a little resistance in that, even, even in ourselves sometimes, that's only going to become more and more normal. That's what, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. As the age rolls along, that's why we have to seize the opportunity to proclaim it now as much as possible, by all means possible, to save as many men and women as possible for the glory of God and the good of the world. Proclaim the word. I love this. 
And I love it that we're finishing the book of 2 Timothy this way. What a charge. What a Christ. Proclaim the word.